Hi guys, I'm Amy Honorado, and welcome to another DMN one-on-one podcast. We actually have two guests here today. I'm joined by Greenfly co-founders, LA Dodgers all-star Sean Green and CEO Daniel Krishner. If you're not familiar, Greenfly is a business software company that connects big retail sports and other industries to their advocates and prompts them to create authentic and engaging digital content driven by community. The company was founded a couple years ago and they've just announced their Series B funding. And congrats, guys. Thank um, you. Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to start out today uh, by talking a little bit about how Greenfly came to be. Uh, Sean, uh, what prompted you to get into the business side of social media after your career in sports? Yeah, as, as a, a baseball player, I was always, I had a strong affinity for tech and always, you know, people come to the clubhouse, business, you know, entrepreneurs, and, you know, they were excited to see the athletes. I was excited to meet them and kind of hear their stories. And when I was done playing, um, really, you know, several years after I was done playing, I, I saw a problem that existed because I was, people were still reaching out to me, um, media companies, sports teams, brands for wanting to get content to use on social and I saw a problem that there was no efficient way to do it, and and really, it, the the brands and the social and the the media companies were trying to get um, intimate connection with with consumers, and that's that's the big problem. And there was no there's no platform to solve that, and that's what I set out to build a platform that enables a brand, a media company, to connect with its most authentic voices at scale, and and that's exactly what Greenfly is. Wonderful. And and how did you guys kind of team up on on that venture? Well, we met when we were babies. We we're first cousins. We grew up together. Um, and Sean had actually started working on this. I was uh, head of corporate affairs at Activision Blizzard, and so I'd moved out to Santa Monica from uh, from Washington, where I was the uh, head of internet policy at the Federal Communications Commission. I'd moved out to work there, and Sean and I started spending a lot of time together, and he was starting to work on this. And um, he was telling me what he was up to, and, and it was incredibly prescient. I mean, at that time... Sean's, Sean really recognized very, very early that with the rapid development and improvement of technologies around mobile devices, people effectively had a recording studio in their pockets. And so the original vision that he had was really, how can you enable media companies, brands, to really connect with people through their mobile devices and get them to create content on their behalf? And at the time, like the video quality was poor. It, it didn't, people didn't really know how to make good content. But he really recognized that opportunity. And what's been really remarkable over the last three plus years that we've been working on this together is just how much that landscape has rushed in our direction. Um, the way that, first of all, uh, you know, video has really proliferated. People really understand how to create really compelling content. Individuals do. Um, they're all adept at creating content for Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook. And, um, and so people know to create really good content. And meanwhile, the, the brands and the media companies, all the marketing dollars, they're all moving into social. They've recognized that they can't just speak at, in one voice to a massive audience. They need to figure out how to reach on a micro level. Um, things like the recent changes at, at Facebook have really broken down further the ability of brands to connect. Uh, and so they need to figure out how to, as Sean said, and really engage their most important relationships. So what that, what that means is, um, with Greenfly, we're a platform where they can connect with all their most valuable relationships. That can be fans, talent, staff, influencers, ambassadors, and really collaborate with them to create content that really works for the brand and get those people to share that content directly with their communities and followers. That's wonderful, and, and especially, I think, you know, with with something like sports, where there really is a solidarity, uh, fans really do 
rally behind their teams and, and support them in, in those sorts of ways. What are the best, you know, going along the lines of, of Facebook and, and mobile and creating more authentic experiences, you know, what kind of ways do you think brands should be thinking about that and approaching that sort of activation and engagement? Well, I think um, what's really important is that there's an authentic connection between the brand and the person advocating on behalf of the brand. That's really crucial. You know, we started in sports. Right now our business is really, I mean, sports has continued to, to, to grow rapidly. We work with huge sports customers like Major League Baseball. But um, what's, really, what's really taken off um, over the past year has been working with consumer brands. And they're really trying to do the same thing as sports teams, but they're really trying to figure out how they can engage their most authentic voices. So I think that authenticity is crucial. People have a really keen detector for things that are not authentic. And so I think what they what brands need is they need a, a tool that they can use to really work on a regular, ongoing basis with their community of advocates. And I think that's really that's really what's what's most important to them is to be able to get that content from people that actually have a genuine affinity and they can really speak compellingly to their audiences. Yeah, and it's it's important to do it at a, at a constant you know cadence, and that's that's the key really. Like a, lot, a lot of our a lot of our customers have tried to do things, whether they're sending Dropbox, Dropbox links, emailing, texting. We actually have one that used to FedEx phones and had the, the talents create videos and send it back. And it's so archaic. And it's just, it's if you have a, some of our customers might have, you know, a yoga studio with 10 yoga instructors that have their voice. And others might be a global apparel brand that has social media teams all across the, the world. And regardless, they're still trying to do this on a regular, they have a bunch of channels to fill, they want content to be appropriate for those channels, and they need a tool to be able to do it at scale. And that's the thing that has been lacking, is people can, they could do, reach maybe 5% of a thousand contributors that they might have access to, um, but they can't do it until now, where they reach all those people and they reach the right people in the right markets. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a, a yoga studio may have one Instagram channel, but they don't have uh, a marketing staff and they have to figure out how to uh, create great content for the channel. How do they create a, a compelling Instagram story every day or even every week? Uh, a major consumer brand, uh, a food and beverage brand or an apparel brand has hundreds of channels across social media and they're looking for compelling content to fill all those channels. And so the traditional means of creating content where you go out there, you produce, you, you pay, you develop, is just not scalable. There's no, as Sean said, there's no ability to meet the cadence of that demand. And so what they need is they need collaborators, and those are their, the endorsers that they're already paying, the staff that are already you know, on the ground around events and things like that. They need to be able to engage those people to really help them tell their story. Yeah, and 76% of the people are more likely to um, feel compelled by content that's shared from a peer or someone that's an influencer than they would from the brand itself. That's interesting. Um, I think you touched on something uh, that's actually kind of trending right now in, in regards to influencers. You know, a lot of the a lot of how influencer marketing was done in the past is that you know brands would go out and and activate you know these one or two kind of viral stars, and that you know that has progressed into a business that is costly and, and a lot of the times the numbers show that the ROI isn't at the, the the ROI isn't as it doesn't come back as much and people don't really see the successes. What you're kind of talking about is is activating different types of of contributors and can you talk a little bit more about kind of looking to these sort of micro-influencers and creating micro-influencers out of your fan bases and, and how brands can kind of approach that the right way and, and what they should be thinking about. Yeah, it's an excellent point that 
uh, I think there's sort of two two problems with traditional uh, influencer model. One is you can only sort of go back to the same group of people so many times. The other problem with it, and and as you said, the ROI often didn't really pan out. They were they were asking for a lot, the influencers. The other problem is that there is really there's really there's such a transactional nature to that kind of relationship. So you go, you find an influencer, you pay them to promote. So why is my yoga instructor talking about McDonald's like that? You know, where's the actual affinity? So you need complicated platforms to find that and and to sort of find who targets the right market and everything else. It's still very transactional, and fans really start to tune that stuff out. What our platform enables our customers to do is really leverage the relationships they already have. So who are genuine fans of the brand? Who are genuine you know, endorsers that they've worked with for, for many, many years? And to collaborate with those people in an ongoing basis where there really is that authentic connection and people can speak authentically. And I think that's really, that's really critical to delivering that kind of value. Also, as you said, they can really engage and work with a much broader community. So by streamlining everything from how you brief uh, talent to create content, breaking down those instructions into a very easy template, to managing approval flows between agencies and talent and managers and all the streamlining, all of that. By streamlining everything, we enable people to really work at scale with much larger numbers of people that can target smaller audiences, but together deliver much greater value. Yeah, and some of our brands, uh, you know, have obvious, in, you know, endorsers and staff members. Um, some even use it's more of a kind of spoken wheel type approach, where like minor league baseball, for example, they have um, minor league baseball as an organization, and they have all the different minor league teams uh, around the country that are actually on on the app, and they're they're sharing content back and forth, and um, and that's that's one of the ways that they use the platform, but. You know, some of our other customers have just gone through their social media accounts and used different other tools outside of Greenfly to identify some of their most impactful um, super fans of the product. And then they, they invite them on to Greenfly and say, hey, we'd love to you know, have your voice as part of our brand. And the people are excited to be a part of the brand that they love. And they, they start creating and sharing compelling content. Well, kind of on the other side of that, too, you know, when you're dealing with you know, super fans and people who are organically getting into conversations, there can be a lot of good and a lot of endorsements, a lot of positive conversation. But what happens in instances where there's negative conversations? You know, we've seen brands that have had negative backlash and, and how can brands kind of approach dealing with those kinds of conversations? Because right. they're still, it's still very well, much on the forefront. That's what's beautiful about our platform is it's a private staging area, right? So um, the way it works is a brand will say, okay, the, might be one social media manager, might be a team, but they'll have a, an admin and they, they log into the back end and they'll say, okay, I wanna invite these advocates of my brand onto, onto Green, the Greenfly app. And they'll, they'll send the invite, goes out and all these people, once they're on the app, they have this incredible connection point where they can send them briefs to create content for them and own, the, own that content for the brand well. And they can send them um, requests to share onto specific social channels with different types of hashtags and all the things that they need. Um, they can message back and forth to make sure they you know, hone the, con- hone the content to exactly what they need. And, um, and all the while, we capture all, all the analytics for that brand to see how, you know, who's doing what, how the content's doing. And so if there's um, negative content that comes back or anything, they could, the brand never gets released because it all comes on to Greenfly. And whoever's at, that's the, the brand has complete control and custody of all that content before it goes. They decide where it goes, how it goes out. Okay, very interesting. And I guess, you know, for you personally, you know, being an athlete and being sort of having that fame, sort of notoriety kind of behind you, 
has that have you seen that making that transition and kind of working with media brands easier and if you is that sort of like a natural transition for maybe other people who have worked in other fields making that transition as well? yeah no I, I think it's been a big benefit especially early on getting you know it's one of the reasons we started in sports not only is it you know a, an obvious market for us it's also um, the relationships that I had in sports were um, very strong uh, I think in some ways it could it, it, you know it, it could be more challenging because um, early on it's you know an athlete that has a startup um, but it's gotten to the point now where we have you know fortune 100 brands a number of them that we're working with that have approached us some of them because um, they heard about how great our product is right and it, now the product is has taken the lead and you know Daniel is um, done such a good job of of leading this this organization and really been the visionary about um, you know the right path to take the product and and you know he continues to do so and and that's the plan the plans for Greenfly to become the platform you know for activating um, brand relationships and every brand has relationships and it's all about the creation and distribution of content absolutely wonderful and I guess just kind of moving into you know the future of, of where things are going on social media Daniel I think you brought up a very interesting point um, with Facebook's newsfeed changes and, and how they're approaching news and the way that media companies visibilities are going to change so how do you think that you know medias are media companies are gonna be able to approach this to still maintain the visibility that they need to make an impact with their with their companies and with brands it's a very interesting question I think the landscape is going to continue to get more and more splintered, and I think it's going to get more continue to get more challenging for companies to speak directly as companies. I guess the question is, you know, what is a, a media company? And at one time you could say, oh, it's a newspaper or it's a TV channel, but now that's not really the case. It's really about the content and the people that create the content. And so I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of disruption around distribution. Um, but, at the end of, but people still want compelling content and they still want to hear and connect with the people that are interesting to them. And so I think what is crucial for a, a media company and a brand in this new landscape is to figure out how they can organize those relationships and speak through those voices directly to their audience because they're losing the ability to speak as the media company. Uh, so that's really, it's really interesting. That was really what Sean bet on, you know, four years ago, and, and it's remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable to see how one development after another just underscores that that was really the right, the right bet and the right decision. The Facebook thing is a, is a key example. You know, if we were having this conversation a week ago, we would have talked about how the most engaging content is personal, direct, and authentic content. And you, you know, probably would have agreed, but now we can say the only content people are even going to see is that direct content. They're not even going to see. It's not even a matter of what's more engaging. It's a matter of what is even going to appear in that feed at all, right? It's going to be the people speaking directly. And so I think that our, our tool is essential in this new landscape to really, to really retain an identity as a brand and a media company by, by marshalling this army of important relationships to tell the story directly. Yeah, and social media is built on the entire premise that individuals are important and, and the brands aren't, right? So the brands need tools to be able to... Um, to really reach the right people and utilize those individuals that are you know, that are part of that brand. Wonderful, an excellent point, and it's really exciting to see um, how things are going to move forward in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you guys for joining me today, and thank you guys. This has been another one of our DMN One on One podcasts. See you guys next week. Thank, thank you. you.